0: comes to the Father him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Death no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff.
1: Motivated, inspired by inspiration.
0: All right, let's just pray together. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to my life, that you administer to my heart. I pray that your word would be revealed to me today in a way that I can understand it, that I can speak it so that i can do it and see it change my life i pray this in jesus name amen so the question is god why did you do that and maybe you're asking why did you do what well romans chapter 12 verse 1 i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable act of service now i want you to think about that for a second that you offer your body as a living sacrifice. What can you give more than your body? I want to tell you, if you won't give your money, you most certainly won't give your body. Right? Money is a test of what what you'll do with your body. If you give your money, that's good, but that doesn't mean you've gone all the way because giving your body is far more. But if you won't even give your money, you definitely won't give your body. Amen? I've heard a, a statement that some people have made You know, you must give a tenth of your money, you must tithe, and you must give a tenth of your time to God. No, no, God doesn't want a tenth of your time. He does want a tenth if you add on the other 90%. In in fact, the message puts it this way. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. So in other words, God's not going to let you do this alone. He says, take your everyday, ordinary life. your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So here's the thing. I want you to think about those aspects. We looked at them last week. You're sleeping. When you sleep, you sleep for God. You dream for God. You're eating. You eat for God. You're going around to work. Your work life is for God. Whether you're a judge a president an accountant um, a lawyer whether you sweep in the streets a nurse a doctor it doesn't matter what your job is you do it for God it's given to God when you're there you're on assignment from Almighty God you're walking around life in other words you're giving God where you're going you're giving God your destiny. All right, God wants everything. And it says, and place it before God as an offering. You know, like when you put your tithes and your offerings in the, in, 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 in the box, because we have a safe here. Amen. So that the money stays safe. Otherwise, some people take, they put 10 rand in and they take out 100 rand change. You understand what I'm saying? That's literally what happens. That's why we have a safe. We pass a safe around. Amen. And then people get upset because they want their money to go to the church. Not for someone to have change. But that's obviously an offering when you give money. But he says, place your entire life before God as an offering. And when you're doing this, you're embracing what He's done for you. What has He done for you? He, what He's done for you is what Jesus did for you on the cross. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Now, we then looked at the blood of redemption, but what I want to tell you about today is the sermon today is entitled, Overcoming Wicked. I mean, you, you, you hear things when you look with the youth, you understand what I'm saying? And the next thing, guys would say, man, that's wicked, or they'd say that's sick. And that means good, and I'm saying, no. what do you mean that's sick? That's sick means I want to vomit over what you're doing, you understand what I'm saying? Okay? But we're not talking about wicked. We're talking about wicked. We're talking about evil. Overcoming wicked. How do you overcome the evil of the world? Well, I want you first of all to think about where does the evil in the world come from? And I want to tell you that all evil, all wickedness comes from the patterns of thinking that control the world. And you need to also understand as you're sitting here today, there are patterns of thinking that control your mind. And what's one of the things that many Christians are doing today? Many, many Christians are going to a place where they go to church services, they want to hear the man of God, and they want to hear a word from God, and they want him to blow in their direction and send them one way, you know, flying, and and, and they want him to call out their name so that everyone can clap, because how did he know your name, and you know, they want They want them to do all of this kind of stuff, or they want the pastor to tell them, you're going to make so much money, just be a Christian, God is going to load your bank account with billions of dollars, never mind rents, it's going to be billions of dollars, you're going to be a trillionaire in rents. Okay? That's what people want to hear, and this is many times what we're preaching. Or we're preaching that the supernatural power of God isn't in the church today. Or people come because all they want to see is signs and wonders. All they want to see is people getting healed. And, oh, this church doesn't have power because we don't heal people in the church. Let me tell you, people get healed in this church all the time. We just don't make a show of it. It's supposed to happen in the cell groups. It's supposed to happen in the home. Sometimes we pray for people, yeah, but we don't make a show on it. We, we pray because we want to see the healing. We've seen some incredible miraculous healings in this church. There are people that are alive today because of prayers that were prayed in this church. So please do not tell me we do not see signs and wonders in the church. But we don't make a show of it because guess what? The devil also does signs and wonders. And here's the other thing. You've got all these churches with all these signs and wonders and what is the state of the country? It's a mess. Because never mind the world... The patterns of the world, the patterns of thinking that are in the world are in the church. And when we say in the church, we don't think of everyone else. We need to think of ourselves. Now this is what the word says about patterns of thinking in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. This is straight after the one about giving your whole life as an offering to God. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The world has a pattern. In the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the pattern of the world. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Listen, if your mind is not transformed by God, if your mind is not transformed from the patterns of this world, please do not stand there and tell me that you know the will of God. You do not know the will of God if your thinking is mapped by the patterns of this world. And I want you also to understand that what Paul's saying here is that when you give your life to Jesus and you're serious about Jesus and you make Him the Lord of your life, then God transforms your life, transforms you into a completely new person. You were this person before. You're now that person. This person doesn't know that person. And the people that knew this person don't know this person. And the people that know this person... Don't know that person. Your life should completely change. It doesn't necessarily mean you're perfect, but you're totally different. You're nothing like what you used to be before. He transforms you into a new person by transforming the patterns of your thinking. And the New Living Translation puts it this way. Don't copy the... Now listen very carefully. Tell the person next to you, listen very carefully to this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. I want to say it again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I want to say that again. I think you need to hear that again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If you still think the same way you thought before you were a Christian, you need to to go meet God. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is His good and pleasing and perfect. His will is good and pleasing and perfect. I want you to realize this. The enemy has caught many people that are Christians into thinking that the will of God is something that is boring, that the will of God is a sacrifice. The will of God is good. The will of God is pleasing. And the will of God is perfect. But I want you to think about patterns of life the patterns are the behavior of life how the world behaves i want you to think about the patterns and the customs of this world you know often people will come to me and they say you know what it's all good and well that you tell me that stuff but that is your culture this is my culture and some of the people that tell me that are white This verse talks about your culture. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care where your culture comes from. Christianity is not European culture. Trust me, if you think that true Christianity is European culture, you know nothing about Europe. Please don't talk about it. Shut up. Say something else. Because if someone has you talking who's from Europe, they're going to look at you like you're a fool. Christianity is not European culture. Definitely not today. You look at what's going on in Europe. Let me tell you, there's far more of a Christian culture in this country than what there is in Europe right now. Trust me, there's far more Christians in South Africa than what there are in Europe right now. Trust me. The the person needs to you, say, trust him. Okay? This talks about your culture. Listen to what I'm saying now. You excuse your sin because you say it's your culture. And I don't care who you are, because every one of us has a culture. Every one of us comes from a culture. And here's the thing, it doesn't matter who you are, we all do it. Every one of us does it. But when God transforms you into a new person, He transforms you right out of your culture. And this is why we fight like hell. And we want to fight with people who speak the word. We want to fight with pastors. We want to fight with Christians who say this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, our culture is an excuse for us to sin. So, what is the pattern that we are up against? The pattern is controlled by the enemy. And the enemy controls every area of society. Listen to 1 John 3 verse 7 and 8a. It says, Dear children... Do not, now, the, he's talking to his children. He's talking about his spiritual children. He's also talking about the children of God. He says, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous, being Jesus. The one who does what is sinful, listen to this. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. This isn't often quoted in church. Some people will say, I rebuke that Old Testament teaching, except it's from the book of 1 John. It's right near the end of the New Testament, right there before Revelation. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to tell you now. In 2020, the political, the business, the judicial, and the media establishment in South Africa declared war on the church. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm telling you. The entire establishment in South Africa declared war on the church. And in fact, war was declared on the church throughout much much of Africa. And I want you to think about that because for many years, they've been telling us, the church, and us, the pastors, to stay out of politics. We've had people that have left our church. The active church has been left by people because I will make political statements. They've told us to stay out of politics, but here's the problem. They haven't stayed out of the church. They haven't left us alone. They haven't left us to worship. Almost all the political parties in parliament, about 395 members of parliament out of 400 members of parliament stood against the church in 2020. And you have a choice. And I want to tell you that today, and I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm saying to you right now. The choice comes down, do I support my political party or do I support my church? Because in 2020, war was declared on the church. Many pastors were arguing against that. There's no pastors arguing against that today. Almost all the business lined themselves up against the church. No, we need to be safe. The judges allowed the politicians to close the church and the media sold an evil narrative that going to church is a dangerous place and it was a lie I'm telling you. You can go and look at all the statistical figures. I've looked at them. They lied through their teeth and they knew that they were lying. We never went after them. We never went after the politicians. We never went after the businesses. They went after us. We were told continuously, pastor, do not speak about them. Pastor, stay apolitical because you've got people of different parties. It's all a lot of hogwash. They're all the same. At least in America, you've got the Democrats and the Republicans and some of the Republicans look like Christians. Not all of them. Many of them don't, but there's a few of them that do. We don't have any politicians virtually that look like Christians except three or four of them in our whole parliament. And why did they go after the church? Because many of them are controlled by a Marxist philosophy, which is controlled by man's greatest enemy, which is Satan. And I'm going to tell you, wherever Marxists come into... And I'm including the DA, by the way. The DA is socialist. They're all the same. All the parties we have, they almost believe the same stuff. They fight about rubbish because they actually agree on everything. we can dance around the issue but irrespective of who you vote for in south africa you probably voted for someone who wants to who desires to destroy the church i'm telling you now there are people in this and it's not just the political uh, arena there are people in establishment i'm including business i'm including the court system i'm including all of your top echelons of society that want to destroy the church do you know that people have had targets to shut down seven hundred thousand churches in this country it's not spoken of but it's there and they have told you that i your pastor must not talk about politics but they talk about church they talk about when it's okay for you to come to church and another pastor that i heard recently in america spoke about this one day and he was saying that when he spoke against drugs, no one called him a pharmacist. You know heroin and cocaine, he starts speaking against drugs and no one said, hey, you're, you're not a pharmacist. But when he speaks about evil laws being created, they call him a Politician. Well, when our parliament passes an evil constitution, one that allows the murder of the unborn for convenience, one that allows the government to control the church because it feels that it needs to keep people safe while allowing certain other people to to meet wherever they want to during the lockdowns, when almost none of the members of our parliament, when almost none of the major business leaders, when almost none of the judges and the lawyers stood up for the church, almost all of them Ordered us, the church, to disobey the Bible and we complied. We went along with it. And which part of the Bible you say, Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So let me tell you, when people are dying left, right and center all over the the place because of something like COVID-19, do we not need to get together and encourage one another? And I want to tell you how many lives were saved. Because people weren't coming to church. Not even one. I promise you I will challenge any one of you to come and to scientifically prove to me that even one person was saved because they never came to church. I challenge you. Because almost everyone in this country got COVID anyway. We accepted this and we claimed we were meeting together online. And the government has no right to close the church. I want to tell you I don't care how dangerous the disease is. The government has no right to close the church. And there was a time in the Bible when the church was ordered to lock down. And when the church was ordered to lock down in the book of Acts, the apostles replied in Acts chapter 4 verse 18 to 20, they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So lock this church down. When you speak about Jesus, coronavirus gets spread. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to Him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. There comes a time where believers like Peter and John, where even our lives are at threat, we still continue to speak, we still continue to stand. Because we have a faith that goes beyond the grave. We're not just living for the year and now. We're not just living for today. And here's the thing we cannot obey man over God and be obedient to God. And here's the thing, and I'm saying this to every single one of you because you need to stop allowing the enemy to put you down. But, church, we have to speak the truth to power. We have to. We're called to. We're on assignment to. We're called to Jesus' purpose to destroy the work of the enemy. This is what you're called to, to destroy the work of the enemy. In 1 John 3, verse 7 to 10, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus appeared to destroy the devil's work. And no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. I want to tell you, everything that comes out of the world, even the stuff that looks good, is sin. Everything. And Jesus came. The purpose of His coming was to destroy the work of the enemy. And what is the ultimate work of the enemy? He wants to destroy people. He wants to wipe you out. He aims for your destruction. It, it is what moves Him day and night. It is your destruction. And Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. Therefore, if you're doing the will of God, then your purpose is to destroy the work of the enemy. But this takes courage. This takes tremendous courage. And what is the work of the enemy in 1 John 5, 19 and 20? We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know, so we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Guys, you need to understand the Bible is very clear on it. The world always has been and always will be until Jesus comes back again. The world will be under the control of the evil one. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. So Jesus came and He's given us understanding so we may know that Jesus is true, that the cross is true, that the blood of Jesus is true, that there is a hope beyond the grave. And we are in Him who is true by being His Son in Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. That is who Jesus is. He is the true God and He is eternal life. And if He's in you, you have eternal life. If you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have eternal life. But you have to understand as a Christian, the world is under the control of the enemy. And how does He control the world? He controls their thinking. If your mind is not set on Jesus, then you're controlled by the enemy. And not understanding this, not realizing this, not really giving your all to Jesus, leaves you in a place of no understanding. You see, when you give your all to Jesus, He gives you understanding. You start understanding things beyond what's happening in the Yana. now. You're not afraid. You're not falling apart every time there's a new variant. You're not falling apart over mon- monkey pox, small pox, or any pox you want to. You're not falling apart because of that. You leave monkey pox to the monkeys. I want you to understand the world is in confusion. And to what extent are you, de- are, are you confused? I want you to think about the extent to which you've been deceived in life. By leaders in of different parts of society, it could even be a teacher. A teacher coming and telling you now the Bible's hogwash. A teacher coming and telling you, yep, you you, you, you know you, you you're virtually a chimpanzee. You have common ancestors, and 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 I've said it to a number of people in the last few weeks. We teach our children that they are common ancestors with monkeys, and then we wonder why they act like apes. You're not. common ancestor with a chimpanzee or a baboon or any other ape you're not an ape I'm a human being that is fearfully and wonderfully created in the sight of almighty God you're a unique kind, you're one of a kind you were created by God you were created to have a relationship with him you are special beyond anything you were created to rule and reign over this creation, the chimpanzee was not the orangutan was not the gorilla was not you can never be a gorilla in the mist tell the person next to you, you can never be a gorilla in the mist Even if you're on the worship team and sometimes it's all misty, you're not a gorilla in the mist. You're a worshiper in the mist. Amen. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Let's get excited. Amen. If you're just a monkey, there is no point to your life. And that's what the devil wants you to believe. That there is no point to your your life. That your life is just a waste of time and space. That nothing spun and exploded and there, there you were. I want you to think about this the, the, the world says you know what you believe in all of this stuff but where's your evidence twack man nothing this is, this is the, the alternative nothing exploded bah! and then after billions of years, years there was you how it just evolved how no proteins and, and chromosomes and, and the sun and water and rock and uh, it's called abiogenesis a biogenesis. I'm a professor. That's from the devil. You are fearfully and wonderfully created in the sight of Almighty God. But I want to tell you, this confusion leads you to tell pastors not to be political. But pastors are not supposed to, to be apolitical, pastors are supposed to be telling the nation's leaders that they're guilty of passing wicked laws. Pastors are supposed to tell the nation's leaders that they're guilty of the wickedness of corruption. Pastors are supposed to tell people in society that are in influential positions in many different parts of society, hey, listen, you're doing satanic things in the dark that are wrong and illegal. Pastors are supposed to tell the the, the, the leaders. You have no right to close the church. You have no authority to close the church. It's not political. We're talking about evil. We're talking about things that go against the Bible, that go against the Word of God. And the thing is, if we're not sold out for Him, if we haven't changed the patterns of our thinking, if we're not living for Jesus, we'll cave to all that stuff. And that's why we caved. Why why did Christians get just as scared of every, as everyone else of covid? Because we had the wrong patterns in our mind. With Jesus we have understanding. With Jesus we have the understanding that we are one in God who is true by Jesus and no one has the authority to get away, to get in the way of our oneness. Together we are one with God. Anyone who gets in the way of our oneness is acting outside of their authority they may have the power but their power is only temporary and here's the big issue the children of god do what is right in 1 john 3 verse 10 this is how we know who are the who the children of god are and who the de- children of the devil are anyone who does not do what is right is not god's child nor anyone who does not love their brother or sister so if you don't do what is right we need to examine ourselves If we don't love our Christian brothers and sisters, we have to examine ourselves. If we're deluded by the patterns of the world thinking, we're allowing the enemy to win. If we don't realize that we're in a war, in a spiritual war every single day of our lives, until Jesus comes back or until we go to be with the Lord, if we don't believe we're in a spiritual war, we're deluded. And this very carefully, I want you to look around the church. Look at all your Christian brothers and sisters in the church. Here. Look at them, quickly, look at them. All those awesome, beautiful, magnificent, handsome faces. Look at them. And as you look around at those faces, now maybe you see some face you don't like. Listen to, if, if that's you, if we don't love our Christian brothers and sisters, we're not with God. Yeah, but they irritate me. Okay, fine, you're not with God because you're irritated. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2 says, As for you, now I I believe I'm speaking this over you. Tell the person next you. I receive this in Jesus' name. Okay, don't worry. It's from the Bible. It must be good. Amen. Paul says this to the Ephesian church. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. You, You were dead. It's past tense. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were dead. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are dead. But you've accepted, so you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Listen, the spirit of the enemy is at work in everyone that's disobedient. But if you've accepted Jesus, you are redeemed. Now, please understand anyone who does not know jesus is controlled by the devil any politician that you voted for that is that that does not know jesus is controlled by the devil any anyone who invests money in you listen to what i'm telling you anyone who invests money in you that does not know jesus is controlled by the devil any person you date any person you date that does not know jesus Any person you date who is not with Jesus is following the ways of the ruler of this world.
1: Why can't I date a person that's not a Christian? It's such a pathetic, old-fashioned idea.
0: Yeah, fine. Bible says you were the devil. Because that person is controlled by the devil. So if they're controlled by the devil, just marry them. You find out you were the devil. And some of the married people are saying, damn it, I knew I did something wrong. So how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this? How do we change the pattern of our thinking? Because I want you to understand who we vote for is a reflection of who we are. These politicians can pass all of these evil laws because (laughs) it's who we are. We vote for them because that's who we are. We complain about them, but that's who we are. You want to change them, change you. This is why we go to life class. This is why we run a cell. This is why we teach every single person. You don't just come here to be a member. Every person in the church is meant to be a leader. Jesus gave you that mantle. This is why we teach it. But how do we get out of this situation? Maybe you're stuck here today. Maybe you're you're in a mess and you're thinking, oh no, I'm doomed. Well, how do you get out of this? I want to tell you through the redemption of the blood of Jesus. And I want to tell you that the redemption that comes in the blood of Jesus, it includes everything. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, We use God's mighty weapons. Now, that's the first thing. We use God's mighty weapons. Say mighty weapons. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We use God's weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. Human reasoning is a stronghold that the devil has. And to destroy false arguments. I want you to listen. When we say that what Jesus did on the cross was perfect and complete we understand that there are no areas in our lives which are not covered by his blood i want to say that to you again when we say that what jesus did on the cross is perfect and complete it's complete in other words it's finished we understand that there are no areas of our lives that are not covered by the blood some people think that the price that jesus paid for us only includes the forgiveness of our sins or it only includes eternal life Because the enemies placed wrong thoughts in your mind. Wrong thoughts that, that make us feel that we do not have the right to enjoy the fullness of His blessing. You don't have the right to enjoy the fullness of the blessing of God because you're so awesome. You're not. You're made so awesome by the blood of Jesus. When you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And so, some things we think are things like, as long as I'm saved, it doesn't matter if I'm sick. Or, If my sins have been forgiven, then my finances are important. I want to tell you it's not true. I believe with all my heart it's not true because God belongs for for a people that are able to be blessed in every single area of their lives. I believe this even in the times that we're living in. Even in all the craziness that is going on. I believe God wants to bless you in every area of your life. But yes, yes, what I need you to listen to. We've been speaking about patterns. And the patterns come from the enemy. And the enemy tries to sow to sow thoughts in your mind that separate you from the fullness of redemption. The fullness of it, the everythingness of it. And the and, and the thoughts are it's fine to serve God, but your family will never will never be saved or you know serve god but your finances are something completely separate don't think that your faith will affect your finances i want i want you to realize today that jesus paid the price in full for you so do not accept these thoughts a christian who thinks like that is thinking foolishly And I want you right now to draw a line in the sand and to determine to live in the fullness of of the redemption of Jesus. I want you to say, that's it, I'm drawing a line. That's it, it's over. I'm stepping over this line. I'm now living in the fullness of the redemption that Jesus has given me. I'm now living in this. I'm going to take it. I don't care what I see. I don't care what's going on around me. I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm going to believe the Bible for my family. I'm going to believe the Bible for my finances. I'm going to believe the Bible for my health. I'm going to believe the Bible because I'm going to believe that everything is included in Jesus' name. Everything is included.
1: of your spirit, the unknown is revealed to the power of the fourth dimension. remind me of your endless mercy